0: Call 911, cause I'm listening
1: One,
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, a mild welcome to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. The weather almost feels cold here in the Capital. However, we're red hot in the studio and on the line to our guest tonight. And of course, our news is burning the wires as I'm speaking. My name is Alan Moore, and I'm going to bring you the very best news, views, reviews, previews, and interviews in the world of sports right now for the next hour okay folks we're going to go around the houses tonight starting with hopefully the Andes. um even though i know andy mack is not available right now and Isold is playing hide and seek but we will have andrew flint all the way from the orals okay they're going to talk about the russian premier league and of course the olympics in part two we have two great friends of the show we have sport Daily's Felter, Ivan Zhitkov and the CEO of the All Russian Football Players Union Alexander Zotov they're going to talk about the new Russian head coach Valery Karpin yes he was anointed just as Animax said 2 weeks ago here on this very show and in the third of course we have the big fat filthy quiz hopefully with all of our main participants and People on it. Okay, so I know that Isol has joined us, but she is going to wait for a moment, folks. It's 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 all happening right now. I mean, the Olympics are on. The Russian Premier League is back. There was some big big games on this weekend. Of course, we know that Dynamo they won two 0 away in Rostov. Uh, a very strange moment there. We'll explain that just in a little while. Zenny they beat uh, our kind of local boys, Himki three one. Lokomotiv battered Arsenal three one yesterday even the flat track bully Fyodor Smolov getting on the score sheet there as well and and uh, Jamal Tadinov he got uh, two goals as uh, also Spartak they let down the capital they lost 1-0 away in Kazan to Rubin and just a short while ago the uh, big game well I'm going to I'm going to leave that as a surprise for Andrew Flint Andrew Flint um, what happened out at the CSKA or the VEB as it's also known the arena between Siska and Ufa <laughs>
1: Uh, well, it is a winning start for Alexei Beretsuski as permanent manager. And it was the academy product, uh, Anton Zabolotny with, would you believe it, a towering header. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm delighted for him because he's such a lovely fella, but he gets maligned for his um, mishaps in training. But um, he's, he's a very polite guy. He's a very hard-working fellow. had a good season last season and he's got the goal that Cisco needed. 1-0 winners. Um, and it wasn't smooth. But doesn't matter, three points
2: on the board. That's exactly it. I mean, you know, it was, it was an interesting weekend. I mean, I saw you know, Dinamo were, were better than Rostov. But that odd moment, just a few minutes, was it just after <laughs> the, the game kicked off, the Russian Football Union announced that Valery Karpin, the coach also was of Rostov, would be the new national team manager. Um, I think someone is getting fired on Monday morning.
1: Yeah, I've I've got to be honest. I don't even know what the purpose would be of timing it like that, but it could not possibly have been unintentional. I mean, you know, you've been talking to this guy. I mean, the appointment itself, and like you mentioned in the second segment, um, the guests will will dissect it. But how on earth do you manage to announce that? How? Where else would that happen? Which, in which other country would that happen? I mean, seriously. Uh, I asking, don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
2: listen, I really... I mean, it could happen well. Issa could say it could happen in Ireland. It could well happen in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do know, I do know that at one moment in a football club I worked with, um, that it was... OK, let's just call them. They're a Moscow club. And uh, they, the team lost. And, of course, um, the man involved, Mr. Valery Carpe, they were having discussions about what to do next and uh, they decided they were going to sack the coach but not tell the coach and they brought him in for a meeting to extend his contract left him sitting in the corridor for about I don't know, about 2-3 hours on a very, very awful Monday morning and uh, the next situation uh, was uh, that he was told he was sacked I met the man in the corridor and he didn't speak that much English he spoke mostly, well, he's Spanish uh, well, I think we all know who this is, Una Emery and uh, yeah, so he was shafted royally and the weird thing was it was already in the media uh, before the guy himself knew and it was it was a moment when I really felt I would you know I've had to you know let people go in football before like you know working with clubs and it was just it was awful um, Easel, do you want to add in you think that it, it could happen in Ireland as well
0: it definitely could I suppose the rumour mill kicks off before someone knows and the unfortunate thing in football is the rumour mill because of the fact that you've agents involved for managers for players the, right, the rumour mill Uh-oh. is ahead of the actual news itself. So yeah. if you are firing someone, you're looking for someone before you're firing them.
2: Well, this, in this case, I, I can honestly say in this case, they weren't looking for anybody else. Uh, it in was, Ireland. It-
0: Sorry, we should factor in in Ireland they're also going to mass on the Sunday before <laughs> having a chat
2: about yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah, they That's tell they, they tell the priest in confession on a Friday and say, Bless me, father, for I have sinned. We're gonna sack our manager this weekend if he doesn't get a win. I can you can take that to the bank, father. And the father does take it to the bank, and he also takes it to the bookmakers and well anyway, okay. All right, Andrew, listen. Um all right, so Dinamo winning, uh Zenith, of course, predictably winning, uh Loco we said they're gonna win. Spartak, we knew it was gonna be a tough game, but they embarrassed themselves out in Rubin. Uh, that's an awful start for them. Um you know, okay, Ural will leave that to one side. Ahmad winning well is kind of predictable as well. Tomorrow, of course, Novgorod playing Sochi. Um are you surprised by those results? Uh, you know, anything there that like like uh, kind of kicked you into wobbles?
1: Well, I mean the, the score lines no, not especially, although Spartak I, I thought they'd probably get a point, but I knew they wouldn't I wouldn't have it all their way. Um, but Lokomotiv leaving it very, very late to get that win. Um, after I think it was well, the last 11 minutes, they were 1-0 down and suddenly against 10 men. So the, the scorelines don't quite tell the whole picture, but, um, Tiska winning, Loko winning, Zenit winning, it's not much of a surprise
2: really. No. Spartak losing perhaps. Yeah, I mean, okay, looking ahead very very quickly before we talk Olympic Games uh, Spartak, they are away to Krylia Sovetov out in Samara at the, I, I love the name of their stadium now, what you have called it um, that's oh, at done. 7 o'clock uh, local time here on uh, Friday. Uh, then we have Dinamo there out in Bashkortostan against Ufa, that is on Saturday at 5.30 Moscow time. Then a huge derby to start off the season, Siska and locomotive two unbeaten teams two giants of russian football meeting off at eight o'clock on saturday evening that's going to be a good one and uh then like what what what, what do we say about spartak uh dinamo this guy locomotive himki okay are down in Krasnodar to thank this task for them after we saw what Krasnodar can do today okay give us a rundown krillia and spartak what do you reckon andrew
1: well, uh, clearly looked very vulnerable today against Akhmats, and Spartak are a far stronger side, so I do think Spartak will bounce back and win that one. Probably not by a lot, but I think they will win. Okay,
2: Dinamo Ufa? Uh,
1: Ufa, well, um, they, they struggled They struggled today. Um, they, they had a lot of chances, but they were very open at the back. Dinamo looked very confident. Um, I'd have to back Dinamo again in that one.
2: Okay, and Siska Loco?
1: This one's virtually impossible to call for me. Um I'm gonna sit on the fence and say a draw, but um, it really honestly could go either way. Zabalotni looked good today. If he does well, perhaps I'll edge it, but I think a draw.
2: Yeah, I I do I do see it. Now of course uh, Loco signed the uh, World Cup silver medalist, the runner up Tin Yedvay, he's coming in from Germany from Bayer Everkusen. Um that's a strange enough buy, but you look at like what Loco are doing, like they have Ralph Rangnick, who we've discussed before as well, the ex Red Bull uh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, also they have Thomas Zorn, the um, the cast off from Spartak, he's in there as well, working as kind of director of well, sport director or football director. Um Tine coming in, I, I don't see that as being a good move for the for the young lads.
1: Well, it's, it's just, like you say, it's just a slightly confusing one because the whole point I understood of Ralph Rangnick coming in was to facilitate the pathway from the youth teams to the reserve teams to the first team. He's not in charge, as far as I understand, of recruitment, um, uh, but it kind of gets in the way of that. You would have thought they'd be looking to promote the younger players because they've got a reasonable first team squad, but they need to supplement it. I'm not quite sure what
2: they're, what they're going for here, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'm, I, I, it's, it's, uh, it baffles me altogether. Um, okay, so moving on from that, uh, we're going to leave that there the the Russian Premier League at the moment. As you mentioned, that it would be wins for Spartak Dinamo and a draw between Siska and Lokomotiv. Um, Olympic Games. Uh, Olympic Games, uh, they started last week. We knew that they were coming up. It was going to be an interesting one. China are chop- Chopping. <laughs> Topping the table with 11 medals. They have won six goals. Japan, unsurprisingly, doing it clean. They're five goals. USA, of course, they are, of course, spotless. They have four goals. South Korea have two. And Rock are rocking the Russian Olympic Committee. All those, you know, puffy, sweaty men in blazers and ladies with, you know, kind of, a, you know, hold up tights. They've won a gold four silvers and two bronze. But right now, right now, uh, Isol, is the Olympic Games catching on in Ireland? Um, because in Russia, 60% of the people don't even know you know, who is competing for Russia.
0: So I suppose I completely understand that. I think we have been lucky that for Ireland, we have had a big first person on the scene with Reese McClellan on the pommel horse in the gymnastics. He's basically got us going in the sense that him and our rowers have been good in the opening days which has obviously brought big publicity but let's be fair, this Olympics is still under a shadow so a lot of what we're hearing about is athletes who are testing positive for COVID, like the big names at the Olympics who are there that aren't for any particular they're big names, not because of their country, so John Ram, Bryson DeChambeau in the Gulf, they're huge names globally, irrespective of who they are performing for And they're obviously not now able to participate. So the Olympics is under a cloud very much. But in Ireland, we're looking at it in a positive light thus far. That could all change. And the time zone certainly does not help.
2: Okay, Andrew, a time zone isn't that bad here. I mean, we're a couple of hours further on in Ireland. But are yeah. you getting the feeling, because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I really am not feeling, I haven't watched a minute of the games. I've been reading about it. I've been getting updates about it. I've been looking at it as in, like, you know, an, in a text yeah. version. But um, I think I, I got a couple of minutes of India and uh, Holland in, in women's field hockey, and that's it.
1: Yeah, it's virtually impossible to catch any Olympics fever here, like you mentioned. Um, I'm not surprised that that, Sixty percent of Russians haven't got a clue who's who's performing. I did see a clip briefly on Match TV earlier about uh, three Russian women. I think archery; they got a medal. I'm not sure. I may have got the sport wrong, but that kind of sums it up. I mean, there have been some big headlines that I've really enjoyed. Um, USA basketball having their first defeat in I think it's 25 Olympic games, and they lost before the Olympics to Nigeria and Australia. Yeah, um, you don't. The USA would ever lose a basketball game, but no, it
2: wasn't twenty five Olympic games or twenty five years. I think <laughs> I think we had to sort of adjust it slightly. But no, you're oh, right. No, no,
1: no, I think yeah. like like twenty five games uh, match. Ah, yes, in the, the games, games. games, yeah. Sorry. It was, a, it was a huge unbeaten run that has come to an end dramatically. And uh, Women's football actually has is, uh, is, is caught my eye as well. There's a stunning goal by Vivian Miedema, um and a Zambian captain getting two hat-tricks in the first two games. So there's some eye-catching performances there. I
2: mean, there was one today, Austria got their first gold uh, with Anna Kiesenhofer in cycling. Now, this is a woman, she is a mathematician, she's a PhD. Uh, she, a couple of years ago, I uh, think maybe actually a few years ago, six years ago, she rode the Grand Fondo with a friend of ours, Uli Flume. And he then immediately said, you need to go pro, you're very good, you're very, very good, because she was a very good amateur and so on and so forth. Um, but she had no professional team. She actually stayed away from the professional team. And I spoke with people about it and they said, look, she detests the whole professional uh, setup in women's cycling. Now, I'll, I'll add on to this a little bit more and say that in women's professional cycling, they treat the female cyclists not even like children. They say, you do exactly as you're told. You are told when to go, when to not. And what happened was, she just went off in a break. You know, at the round, the warm-up, she stayed away from the whole peloton. She stayed away from the pack. She didn't want to have anything to do with them. She broke early and stayed away. And the, the cyclists then started chasing down the, the other people in the break, the second and third, and then just let her go away. And it was the weirdest moment where um, the Jonathan Vouters uh, from the Education First cycling team, he said that, The problem was the team officials or the team's officials didn't have radio contact with the riders. So I don't know. I mean, it was like I've been told she's not doping. She's not even motor doping. She's doing it on her own. She's, you know, very good. She trained. She performed well. But even still, there's a lot of questions to be asked around it, and even with the the cycling, with uh, Carapace as well, winning the uh, the team inios rider, Isild, um, I am jaded with this, and even with the boxing as well. I haven't been following it. The rowers, I haven't been following it. Um, what what should excite people? What will excite people?
0: Um, I suppose, and in a weird way, I'm not a fan of the likes of the skateboarding or the rock climbing, but they're new sports. Um, introduced to this olympics and i think we need to kind of focus on the new sports if we're trying to invigorate a new interest because they've been added for a reason i will always watch the boxing purely because we're not we've come off a bad olympics in rio and i think this time around we're going to see better judging um, and officiating and i think as a result boxing will be a sport that will have so many eyes on it that we should expect to see fair results apart from that I would always recommend that people get into sports that are not typically Olympic sports. Because with the likes of the rugby sevens, they're new in Olympics. Just get involved because they're sports that you can watch after the Olympics and see consistently. Not most most people aren't going to continue to watch like the Diamond League and the athletics. Yep. So get into sports that you may enjoy. Skateboarding, Japan is a win today. We we're not exactly shocked by that, but it's a new sport. It's fun. It brings in a new audience. Let's just all try and watch something different. Okay, no, that's because fair we enough. All know the rest of the sports are filled with dirt. So that's <laughs>
2: well, sport. I mean, and just talking about that, talking about <laughs> Boyle or Simone Biles uh, oh. she didn't have a very good start at the Olympics, and it was weird the amount of journalists who were literally slavering over when oh the whole place went quiet. She walked in and everyone went quiet, and it was like you know for the war- like for, for the practice day. Um it, i I I mean you know Russia the the Russian Olympic Committee, like you know those men and women of the committee have done quite well in the ladies' event. They have they have finished ahead of the USA. Um Andrew I mean it it does seem some weird reporting coming out of Tokyo at the moment as well, doesn't
1: it? Uh, so again Alex, There's that. a
2: weird there's weird um company uh, sorry, weird uh, weird reporting coming out of Tokyo. Uh they're really trying to big up some athletes
1: well yeah I mean I think um, I, I think I think Esau's point is a good contrast to this because it's that, it's, that's exactly why I like the Olympics when there are sports that you can that you can follow afterwards that are slightly new but some people can't can't focus on that they have to well look, let's be honest we know why they do it um, they want to ingratiate themselves with the names that will give them the big headlines that will pay their wages um, and it, it is it is a bit of a shame Um I mean, I I know a lot about uh, Simona Biles and how wonderful she apparently is, um, but I've never watched a moment of a sport, which kind of tells a little bit of a story. Okay. Um, I I don't know. Who knows?
2: You you think it's lacking? The reporting is lacking?
0: I think the reporting has a very distinct plan, so I suppose we're going to see that anyway with the Olympics, but we want to see the heroes emerge, so Simone, etc., um, I think there's less critical analysis. There's less discussion about what's going on in the background because CAS, so the Court of Arbitration in Sport, they have an ad hoc panel set up in Tokyo, and they do this with every Olympics, so it's not just Tokyo, where they have a panel there to make decisions on who participates and various findings. And I think all we see in the media is the positive spin of, oh, the Olympics is going great. Yeah. The Olympics is not going great. It's no. in a country that does not want the Olympics. Let's just... Be realistic about it I love sports but I don't love the idea of us glorifying something that is actually negative to the country it's in
2: yeah okay okay I'm going to leave that there guys because we're, we're over time we're going to go to the break so thank you very, very much Esau and Andrew Esau to be going out to uh, enjoy some more fish uh, meanwhile Andrew will be back with us of course for the Big Fat Filthy Quiz folks we're going into the break right now with the mighty Dubcats and to get us all in the mood for part two this is a magic carpet ride back after this with Zitkov and Zotov Sports with Alan Moore.
1: Join us on a
2: journey from the beach to the dance
1: floor. Chicane presents this sozz. вечера. отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. Я Константин Хабенский, и я выбираю Иви, потому что Иви выбирает кино. Команда Иви смотрит тысячи фильмов и отбирает для вас самое лучшее. Ищите фильмы и сериалы с надписью
3: «Выбор Иви». Их точно стоит посмотреть. Иви, скорее, к истории. Реклама
2: 18+. With Alan Moore. A very warmer welcome back after that song to Capital Sports here on Muscle's Capital FM. I'm Alan Moore and uh, we're going to go on the phones now in just one moment to talk to two great friends of our show and two great friends of mine. Uh, Folks, before we do, of course, this segment is brought to you in association with... Match Business Consulting, your number one, uh, your one-stop shop for all your sports, business, and consulting needs. Okay, folks. Um, of course, we do have to uh, wish a happy, a belated, even happy birthday to uh, one person who will be listening tonight because he's a, a fan of our show. So, a very, very happy birthday to the Russian international rugby player Vasily Artemiev. Vasily, we'll see you in here soon. So, a very happy birthday to you from all of us at Capital Sports. Okay, folks. Um, we had big news, of course, uh, breaking on uh, Friday evening that uh, the new Russian coach, the Russian manager of the national football team, would be Valery Karpin. Um, I'm going to ask straight away to Sports Daily's chief editor, Ivan Jitkov. Ivan, what is it about the Estonian born Spanish national, Valeri Karpin, that has you maybe a little bit uh, unbalanced?
3: Hi, Alan, uh, great to hear you. Um, I think uh, there are two parts of the question about each you because uh, Valery Karpin was an excellent player and a great professional, uh, uh, as he's been on the pitch. I remember him uh, as a fantastic player of uh, both Spartak Moscow and Celta Vigo, uh, and even national team of Russia, of course. But uh, I can say much less about him as about a football manager because uh, especially in terms of his appointment to a russian national team in those especially in those circumstances uh, we every, everybody know so, uh, for me, uh, yes, you said about Friday evening, uh, said to it, but it spoiled my mood, first of all, because <laughs> I had uh, to argue with someone instead of <laughs> having beer or
2: something. So <laughs> yeah. Listen, you can always argue and have beer at the same time. I mean, it happens and it's actually not a bad thing. Um, I mean, he, he, he's done well. I remember now I, I worked with him. At Spartak, I mentioned this in the, in the first segment, and I dealt with him, and, and I always found him fairly decent. But I saw that sometimes his ego got in the way, especially when he came down from the directors' box the second time to take over and go full time as uh, head, you know, the head coach of Spartak. I said to him, "This is going to end in tears." I, I said to him, "This is this is not good. You should rethink it." And he just sort of shrugged and. Went ahead with it. I'd always found him very easy to deal with, but that just kind of worried me an awful lot. Do you think that he is a suitable candidate for the national team?
3: Uh, I think it's not, he's not, because uh, uh, every, every guy in this world has, has to determine for himself what he's going to do in his life. Uh, so I still cannot understand, I still cannot catch. Whether he is general manager or he is match TV uh, director or he is head coach of uh, Armaby Rostov or whatever <laughs> on the national team. So I don't know who is Mr. Carpin. So it's, it's not time for experiments. Uh, it's a time to see some uh, rolling projects from Russian Football Union, which, uh, President, I really respect much, Mr. Dukov. But especially that I respect him much, I cannot catch the idea of his appointment of autistic carpet. So uh, i I'm, I'm, I'm. My hard disk is devastated during those three days. I cannot catch uh, the idea because uh, he's not a general manager of, of of football team. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't successful. He's not anymore a TV show. Miss Big Mister. Which is either not, yeah. yeah. And he's not get, get, get successful club because some people have told me that uh, Rostov is playing excellent football, but I didn't see this. So in, <laughs> in any single, uh, so probably it's my problem. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, of course, we, we know like, he, he went up to Mallorca, uh, in, in Spain and, you know, didn't do that well with them. Of course, as you mentioned with Torpedo Armavir, when they got promoted to the FNL or the, the second tier here in Russia, you know, they got relegated back. But then again, I mean, Armavir is a, you know, they're a very small club. It was an odd one that he came back. Now, I know that I speak with people in Galicia in Spain and he is absolutely adored there. He's loved, um, because he, he played for so long there. I, of course, I've mentioned he has Spanish citizenship as well. Alexander Zotov, um, bringing you into the conversation because you're working in there with the executive committee of the Russian Football Union. Um, without giving anything away, what was kind of the reasoning behind you know bringing Valery Georgievich in as the head coach of the national team?
4: Uh, hi, guys. Uh, listen, but we weren't involved in the process, so I cannot tell you some insights. I can only comment what Ivan has said and uh what I, what I feel that has happened because uh, uh, I think that uh, once the decision to to part ways with uh, Cherchesov has has been made, and once he has left the national team, because I don't think before that anybody was looking seriously into any new candidates for the national team until the end of the uh, Qatar World, World Cup. So. Uh, they fished around after after they parted with SF and they fished around and they they, they looked at potential candidates. And I, I believe in the end there was not a good candidate that was willing, you know, to, to sign right away or to sign or there was interest, you know, in signing him for a long term uh, contract. So the idea now, because we have uh, very serious games uh, in front of us. The, the the two games with croatia uh and uh we we there was a the,
2: we, we we need a uh i believe that Alexander we just lost you there for a moment okay we lost alexander for a moment Ivan you're there, you're still with us yeah okay um uh, do you think it is a bit of short termism from the uh, like from from the Russian Football Union that they actually got this guy in uh, instead of maybe you know fishing around for somebody maybe you know with a bit more depth or a bit more kind of um, quality to them in in, in that sense of the word?
3: Look, that's the problem is that uh, when we when, when we saying goodbye to some of of coach like Churcher Sofia, we okay, you're unsuccessful on the European Championship, so you have to 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 quit, okay. We can accept it, for example. But in this in this case, we have to have an adequate substitute for him. So we have to, uh, given given that fact that we have rolled uh, qualification for World Cup, we have to have in our pocket a strong candidate, which is not the case. So uh, after fishing around, uh, as Alexander said, so we. See that we, the only candidate we can afford is Mr. Karpen on his conditions, which is uh, really strange for me. Because as as, as I already said, I really uh, I, I know, know quite a good Mr. Dukov, because I uh, could see him working for Zenit, for successful Zenit Saint Petersburg. He's really big and serious businessman, and it was I think it was a stressful situation for him. And he had to take a quick solution uh, at the moment uh, when n- no one could win. So uh, in this case, I'm just—I uh, <laughs> prefer to be in silence and wait. Uh, what will happen? Okay. Because, because as I said, because okay. it's, 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 not, it's not a good decision. It's not a good decision for me. But okay, let's wait. Okay. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, and I will be happy if it's if yes.
2: Okay, Alexander, you were going to come in there. You, 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 no, no, I'm just saying that like, Karpin is coming
4: for like an interim coach. I, nobody is saying that he's he's going to stay there for, for a long term. So, I, I believe that the, 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 that's the issue now. The only issue now is to have a head coach for the next several games of the yeah. qualification. The guy who knows uh, our national championship the guy who knows uh, the players and everything i'm not saying that uh, Karpin is, is like the best coach in the world or the exact coach for our national team but today you know like um, Enterprises, enterprise is <laughs> let's say manager or coach <laughs> for several games and to have a shake up and maybe to bring in some new faces into the team maybe it could work i don't know i'm i'm i'm, I'm like ivan i'm, I'm very uh, you know, can, can, you know, I cannot say I'm either happy or or uh, I'm um, sad about this decision. But I, I understand the thinking of of uh, Alexander Dukov. I think that's that's the only decision actually that he could have taken in this case. I think because. As I said, they didn't find a coach for a long-term relationship and they needed some solution for just the several games that uh, that basically I, I see type in coaching the national team. So I think
2: it's uh, it could work. It could work if the chemistry is right. So this is basically, you know, Alexander Dukov, if I put it into like kind of a parlance, he, he's gone into a nightclub. It's 2 a.m. He's got a good few drinks in him. He's looking around. He's been turned down by a lot of the pretty girls. And he basically says, I'll settle for her. So basically, this blonde bombshell from the south, well, he's from the north, actually, from Estonia, he kind of goes home with with him or her, whatever.
4: Um, and I'm sorry, that could be the best decision.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's where a lot of love stories begin. Um, okay, now, we, we are looking at, uh, you know, quite a few games. We're looking at seven games coming up now in the, the qualifiers uh, the, of course, the first of September, the day of knowledge. Uh, Russia are home against Croatia. Then uh, three days later, they're in Cyprus uh, to play Cyprus, and then they're home again to play uh, my old muckers Malta. Um, he's only contracted to the end of this campaign, so to the end of the thirty first. He's on New Year's Eve. He will be seeing if they if they qualify for Qatar. They have an option to extend it. If not. Is it a low risk, though, one, Ivan? I mean, it's you know, if he bloods in young players, as Alexander says, that surely has to be good for the Russian team.
3: I think it will be a lower risk uh, not to qualify with the churches, To be honest, yeah, because because there was there was a certain team uh, which uh, was uh, a little almost on the start of a new life at that moment, and uh, they decided to interrupt it and to choose another way and the way we don't know exactly which way is so uh i think uh it would be much uh, smarter to stay with chesos at least until the qualification until the qualification ends and then uh if you want to fish <laughs> you can do it within
4: Oh yes, I, I agree. I actually agree with that. But I think there at some point uh, with this interview, this this press conference and everything, the, the whole situation came to a point of no return. I think. I, I think this this press conference was a, a badly staged and prepared, probably for the head coach. I think he, he or his thoughts were somewhere else. Uh, I really. Thankful to Stanislav for for the World Cup 2019. I mean, uh, I think it, it was a miracle on on grass and uh, for us. And uh, so we and everybody loved him. And his mustaches were everywhere. But uh, this the chemistry faded away. And I think one of the most important things in teams and especially in national teams is is how. They are, um, how passionate they are, everybody, about the process. And I think uh,
2: this, the magic faded. Alexander, you just dropped out there a, a moment. To, uh, okay, but Alexander, I know you, you're there. Just the sounds dropped down a little bit, so I'm going to... Yeah. Yeah. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask because we're gonna go to the break now in just a moment. Uh, I know that Ivan is staying on. He's gonna try and rob your crown, Alexander, of the king of our quiz. So, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask two, uh, like one question to each of you before we go to no, the break, right? See, now. You
4: can call a friend, you know, like in this, uh, what's become a billionaire. He can call me and I can give him something.
2: There you go. <laughs> yeah. Just text each other. Text each other the answers. Okay. Um, question before we go away. All right. So, um, New Year's Eve. Okay, Russia, qualify, don't qualify, it doesn't make a difference, okay? So the, the there is a contract extension that can be triggered, but it cannot be triggered as well, or may not be triggered. So 1st of January, Alexander Dukov wakes up, he looks across, he sees a blonde head, he goes, oh, I think I'm going to change. Um, what do you reckon, Ivan? Who would you like to see, in as the head Russian coach, either going to Qatar or building for the uh, next European Championships?
3: I would like to see a person who will understand what's going on around him, that he'll be much deeper in the Russian football than even who's hitting was or Fabio Capel, it should be a person who will be, uh, who, who will not deliver only sports uh, sporting results, but also will deliver a service uh, how to create a system, allowing to how to, how to install it uh, allowing to Get fruits not only from any single World Cup or European Championship, but to install a system which will deliver players, which will put uh, our football on professional rails. Because this, uh, the actual status of Russian football, it's not a social project, it's not a professional football, it's nothing. It's just a, it's just a something weird which makes serious. Troubles even for such experienced people like Alexander is. So uh, <laughs> believe me, it should be a person not only just like a big guy who will who knows how to win cups. Okay, it's it's it's
2: not this question. Okay, definitely. So it's but not
3: the trophy drop is also important, but be, be, because you have to boost people to turn on uh, football more seriously. But uh, but uh, it's not only this.
2: Okay. You, I- you, Alexander, who who would you like to see in taking over the Russian national team, like on the first of January, twenty twenty
4: two? I totally agree with the uh, one. I, with all respect to Capello and uh, Gus Hiddink, I don't think they were deep into Russian football, uh, and we need a guy who will not only be acting as a coach, but is really a manager of uh, several layers of the national teams who will look after all the development and everything, the tele development programs. Like a, a per, i don't know who this guy is actually if he's a russian national or, or an international guy but we need somebody with a with, with a serious vision who could you know push also the federation to to, to you know to um you know to, to work together in in some sort of um you know strategy how to develop not only for some upcoming tournament but in several upcoming tournaments that would work together, you know, coaches of the uh, U21 or U19 or or all these teams constantly in contact together, you know, seeing, looking at the players, monitoring the situation, but also working with the academies and everything. And we need a guy, a visionary, you know, it's not just about the national team coach, it's, it's about a guy who can really, on a sport level, really bring our team to, uh, to, you know, to become a, a serious national team again because we really, we really need a serious team because we had, uh, you remember, we had a good tradition in the 80s when, yeah. when the, the society team was playing really well, but now, Unfortunately, and people are waiting for that. And As Ivan said, we don't know what project it is, but in any case, it's a social project. That's true. So since it's a social project, people want to see the national team performing well. Okay.
2: Listen, guys, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Ivan Jitkov, the best journalist, best sports journalist and journalist in general in Russia. Uh, Alexander Zatov, one of the best guys, well, the best guy in Russian football in general. Thank you very much for your time this evening. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, okay, folks. We are going to go. We're a little bit over time again, but we're going to go to the break because it was well worth having that discussion. And uh, to play us out to the break, we have a bit of Moby, and this is trying to lift our spirits because, of course, that segment was brought to you in partnership with Match Business Consulting, Russia's number one sports business consulting. We have Moby and lift me up back after the break with the big fat filthy quiz. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
0: So far take us so
1: завершение уикенда на Кэпитал. Join us on a journey from the beach to the dance floor. Chicane presents Sunset. Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера провожаем отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. Turn it up. The one
4: Speaking station in Moscow. Capital
0: Sports with Alan Moore.
2: A very warm welcome back folks I hope you enjoyed that bit of an uplifting lift me up from Moby uh, we're going to start the quiz in just one moment again remember folks uh, there is still a fair bit of Covid knocking around the place so do take care of yourselves put your masks on and uh, get injected as well if you can right we have a couple of questions in one from Indra from Indonesia Indra you asked the question why is Russia banned from the Olympics well they're not banned but the name Russia and the flag Russia and the symbols of Russia are banned uh, and that was over the doping scandal that broke uh, around 5, 6 well actually 6 Six years ago now, uh, really in the aftermath of the uh, World of Legends Champions that were held here in 2013 here in Russia. Um, we, of course, think it's quite unfair, but you know, that's the way it is. So that's the reason it's because of uh, what they call state sponsored doping here in Russia. OK, uh, so we are Indra, I hope you heard that because I know you're just asking uh, double N if, if we got it. So we're all messaging each other. OK, so we're going to go to the phone right now because we have our Big Five quiz. We're going to get through this in a hurry so uh, we have a little bit of a jigged up lineup so uh, double n you're there with us this evening okay double n Uh, you can i can hear you loud and clear um uh, elder you're there with us this evening as well evening thank you for having me
4: it's all right
2: yeah okay super uh andy mack i don't think is there uh andrew uh andrew flint you can hear us i certainly can Okay, uh, Peter P., you're there?
1: In the flesh.
2: Okay, hope you're clothes flesh, not just bare flesh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what just worried. Uh,
1: come on, come on. Why, why are you going to ruin me? <laughs> I wanted it to sound all badass and cool. I, just Andy McLean me. <laughs> I again, might. again, again. Don't make it sexual. Don't make it
2: sexual. <laughs> okay, Ivan Shidkoff is there, correct? Yeah. Okay, lovely. Okay. And I'm trying because uh, we can't get Alex B and we don't seem to be able to get Andy Max. So there's a bit of an odd moment with those guys, but we'll try to stick them in at the end uh, in the best possible sense of the word. Um No worries, no worries. Okay, Uh, right, so we're going to start off. Double N, you are opening up for us, then Eldar, then uh, it's going to be Peter P. You're going to take part this evening. Then we have uh, Ivan Zhitkov and then Andrew Flint to take up the rear. Okay, take up the rear, nothing else uh, rude about that. Uh, Okay, Um, and let me see, we've got, yeah, so Ivan, so Double N, we've got Eldar, we've got Peter, we have Ivan and then Andrew. I think that's all, that's all we have this evening, correct? Yeah. That's, we've got five and okay that's good okay we can't get Alex B we can't get Peter P and he of course is enjoying fish down in West Cork okay so the round one is uh, with five points you have to name the city so some of our Russian uh, football fans I see Ivan looking at me on <laughs> he's thinking he's on I can see him on his camera he's smiling <laughs> he's smiling and he's going yes so you have to give me the name of the city where this team plays these are in the second tier the Russian FNL so double N for you, Metalurg, Metalurg. What city do they play in? Metalurg. Yeah. Um,
3: I'll
2: go with Chalabinsk. Oh, do you know what? That, that I'm going to give you a point for that because it, there is reason behind <laughs> your madness, um, or you know whatever. <laughs> Sorry, that's in a nice way. It's Lipetsk, Lipetsk, Lipetsk. Then oh. the Chernobyl. Yeah. but I mean, because of a big, big tr- uh, plant for making metal stuff there. Okay, alert. Uh, for you, Fakel. Yep. Fakel. What city do they play in? Fakel.
4: Oh, Jesus. Uh, What's that in Crosindor?
2: <laughs> no, no. It's it's a little bit further north than that. It is Verones. Verones, okay. Oh, Peter Jesus. P. <laughs> Peter P. This is for you, right? Textilchik. Chic. Uh Think of... Can you give me a little hint? City of the Brides. City of the Brides. <laughs> what? how is that right, <laughs> oh that's how amazing. one how about usually no, no how about no <laughs> how about no no it's wrong it's Ivanovo Ivanovo of yeah. course the hometown of a friend of ours Alexei Serov ok Ivan you're one ok Akron Akron Tolyatti. wow well done I knew you'd know that one Toliati. <laughs> well done <laughs> <laughs> and finally finally Andrew Flint Ska well done, five yeah. points for you oh, It's going to be a tight one at the top Okay, so here we go So, uh, well, done. well, Double N got a point uh, Elnar and Peter P are still looking for some scores And uh, meanwhile Ivan and Andrew Are rocking like the RLC The Russian Olympic Committee into round number two Round number two is the missing words So you're going to get ten for a funny answer and five for a correct answer, okay? And try to keep it clean as much as possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, number one, slowest qualifier wins what? Slowest. This is an Olympic-related oh, sl- question. Slowest qualifier, this is double N, wins what? Um, slower,
3: slowest qualifier wins, um, I would say... Um, it's not football.
2: Ah, uh, I don't know. It's only, saying. it's okay. <laughs> all right. Come on, you make a guess. Come on, you make a
4: guess. Well,
2: oh, volleyball. volleyball. Right. <laughs> no, volleyball. No, 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 no. I'm going to give you two points for it, but no, it is uh, gold for uh, for Tunisia. It was the swimmer. Alexander Zotov has logged in. So, Alexander, I'm going to go back to you right now because you are our last uh, on the line. So, I'm going to ask you the question. Uh, so, you need to tell me the city, right? You need to tell me the city of this football team who play in the FNL, all right? So, Volgar. Volgar. You're
4: asking me. W- w- well, got it. Astrakhan. Very Astrakhan. good.
2: Five points. Ooh, it's good. I, to... I don't know which accent I need to
4: use. Astrakhan.
2: Astrakhan. Astrakhan. Okay. What's with Ivan? <laughs> Ivan's hiding. He's hiding. Okay. So, Eldar, this question is for you. Osaka. Osaka. lying on the,
4: on the floor or what?
2: I don't know what he's <laughs> doing. It could be after a few beers. Okay. All right. Eldar, here's for you. Osaka feeling what? In Tokyo. That's Naomi Osaka, of course. Osaka feeling what in Tokyo? Um,
1: Osaka feeling oh
2: horny. <laughs> oh horny, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm give trying you, to
1: keep a claim as you take.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give you four points for that one. It's excited. So, yeah, I guess, I guess we could balance that out. Yeah, Naomi Osaka. All right, uh, <clears throat> Peter P., uh, question for you. Kane ready for what? Kane, that's Harry Kane, ready for what? Harry Kane, ready for what? Uh, ready to receive. <laughs> Gosh, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you four points as well. City deal. <laughs> oh, 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 and by the way, it yeah. seems uh, Alex is having some technical difficulties because he keeps on texting okay. me that he can't connect. <laughs> okay, we'll get him on next week. Don't worry. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> Ivan, this is your one. Is the USA Dream Team what? Is the USA oh. Dream Team what? Uh, uh, okay, Lake Blessed, or what? No, <laughs> the Dream Team basketball. Is the USA Dream Team what? It's not just one word, there's a few words in there. So is the USA Dream Team what? It's not only hockey. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is the basketball team, basketball team. Okay, so come on, give us your. give us your guess.
3: I, no, no words. I don't know. I don't. I don't know nothing about Dream Teams from USA. So sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you two points just for saying that. It is. Is their era coming to an end? Because of course they lost for the first time in 25 Olympic matches. Uh, well, yesterday. Okay. Uh, next up, Andrew Flint. Okay. Mhm. What Andy Murray pulls out of Olympics? What Andy Murray pulls out of Olympics? <laughs> It's all one
1: Andy Murray. Oh bloody
2: hell! Uh, this should have been for Andy uh, Murray. <laughs> so something Andy Murray pulls out of Olympics. Oh, uh, yeah, the life
1: the, the Delightful Andy Murray pulls
2: out of the Olympics. I'm going to give you two points for that. It's Scotland's Scotland's Andy Murray because he was he was British when he was winning, and then when he's not, he's Scottish. There you go. Okay, <clears throat> uh, Alexander, this is for you. Biles, what in qualifying? This is Simone Biles. Biles, what in qualifying? This is the gymnast Simone Biles. Quite a sickly young lady. I
4: understand.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, so did she, did she make it? Well, <laughs> she did. She did. So, <laughs> what are the words in between Biles and in qualifying? <laughs> I
4: don't uh w- w- which age group are we uh,
2: <laughs> it's in? it's after the watershed you can say <laughs> can what I, you can want
4: I use, can I use uh, okay um uh, well <laughs> she i don't know she uh she did a sakura flip <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to give you three points for that. That's quite good, actually. Less than perfect, less than perfect, but that's Actually, that's all right. Okay, right. So going into the final round, uh, Alexander Zotov has stormed the lead on eight points. Andrew Flint and Ivan Jitko, they are both on seven points. Then on four apiece, we have Peter P and Elder, and we have to go through this last round very quick because Double N is on three points. Okay, final round. These are about Russian managers, okay? So first one for you, Double N. From 1992 to 94. Who was the first Russian coach? Was it Alek Romansov or Pavel Sadirin? Alek
3: Romansov?
2: I'll go with I'll go with Romansov. Ah oh, you should have gone with Sadirin. Sadirin. No all point. Right. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, right. Only one coach, this is for Eldar, only one coach has lost all matches that he was the coach for. Or is it was it Boris Ignatiev or Anatoly Byshowitz?
4: Uh, I'm going to go with Ignati, but I'm not sure about that one.
2: Yeah, you should. You were right to be not sure because it was Bischovic. <laughs> <laughs>
4: all well, right. I was right about
3: something.
2: Yeah.
4: I, w- I would have gone also because with all the hype, I, th- I would have not
2: thought yeah. that Bischovic didn't win a game. There you go. You know, 0 and really. 6. 0 and 6. <laughs> 0 and 6. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Wow. Um, all right. Uh, so, Peter P, onto you. Who had the better record? Gus Hiddink or Dick Advocat? Thank God Andy Mack is uh, not yeah, here. I'll, so, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Dick. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> so you're staying with Dick, correct? You're taking Dick.
1: Uh, yes, I, I am taking Dick.
2: <laughs> well, I'm sorry. This time you're wrong. You're wrong to take Dick. Uh, no points. It was good sitting. Okay, very quickly. Okay, Valerie Karpin is the 13th or 14th coach for the Russian national team, Ivan. 13th or 14th full-time coach, not temporary coach. 14th. 14th, no? No, he's the 13th. Ooh. Oh, it's getting no. tight now. Okay, so is down to... Qualification now. 13th, 13th. Okay, very quickly, Cherchesov. Cherchesov uh, was the longest serving coach, true or false, Andrew Flint? He was the 13th. The fo- oh. no. Okay, 14th. hold on,
1: Alexander, wait, wait. Alexander, Andrew, Andrew, quick, tell us. I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to say yes, grudgingly. I think he might
2: be. Yes, you were correct. 10 points for you. Alexander Zato, finally for you. Who had the better record, Fabio Capello or Oleg Romancev?
1: Better record
2: of coaching Spartak? <laughs> of, of Russian coach. Who had a better record? Capello. Oh, it wasn't, it was Romancev. Which means you've lost and storming out into the lead. Actually, on 17 points, Andrew Flint. Congratulations, Andrew Flint. Folks, thank you very, very much for taking part today. You are all heroes. You're all winners. I'm going to take a picture, actually, of the two guys on screen.
4: Oh, finally, we see the face of everyone.
2: <laughs> he comes into the shot. Okay, so thank you very much to our guys who are on the line. They did a brilliant job, of course, as always. Right, folks, we are going off into the night. We have something kind of happy and joyous to uplift us a wee bit. Um... This is one, it's, it's a real uh, advertisement song or advertisement song even, but it is one that you're going to enjoy tonight because everywhere we always think of home, okay? Home. Home is where the heart is. Home is where we all want to be. And home, of course, is with us in Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I'm Alan Moore, telling you all to take care of yourselves and each other. We'll speak with you next week. This is Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros and home. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.